0: Hi, everyone. My name is Andreas Feiner, and I would like to welcome you to our podcast, Important Problems. Together with my wonderful guests, we will address urgent problems such as sustainability, nature and mental health, and how we can tackle them. Our aim is to show you that everyone can solve important problems. Today we are meeting Daniela Geritzhuber. She's a member of the management board of PwC Germany and we have spoken about many different things such as her career. She has worked her way up from a graduate student into the management board of the farm about her views on data and how one should rethink that. And I'm very excited to have had this discussion with Daniela today and I wish you a pleasant time and hopefully you learn a lot from her. Hi, hi Daniela, how are you? Hi Andy, I'm fine. Excellent. A little bit excited, let's see. (laughs) Yeah, same here, same here. First podcast. Uh, Everyone, we have Daniela Geritzhuber. She's part of the management board of PwC Germany. I'm very delighted to have her here. Um, I've been working with Daniela for the last about two years now almost. And um, so she's the first guest in our podcast series on solving important problems. And uh, so the first question to you would be um, to introduce yourself a bit um, to the listeners.
1: Thanks, Andy, And uh, I'm Daniela. I'm 44 years old, recently. <laughs> and I've been working with PwC now for a little bit more than 20 years, actually. I'm in charge of um, people and corporate sustainability, but actually coming out of the business, I've seen both worlds in PwC. And, uh, yeah, about myself, I enjoy working with people a lot. Yeah, That's probably why I found it always exciting to stay with PwC, because you have so many occasions to do different things. And on a private uh, life, I I love being outside in the nature um, and uh, particularly um, being close to the water of any kind. And I'm passionate about sailing. That's how I love to spend my free time, I would say.
0: (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. In the cold waters of the North Sea.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes cold, sometimes warm.
0: (laughs) Excellent. Your career at PwC was remarkable as far Mm -hmm. as uh, I can see from the outside and now from the inside as well. Um, what's What's your recipe for success?
1: If I try to boil it down to to one thing, I would say um, see the opportunities and be brave enough to take them. So if I reflect uh, the last 20 years, there have been several occasions to step out of my comfort zone. And I had a good network and good mentors who encouraged me to do so. But then at the end, you need to do it as well and say, well, I'm also willing to give up something that I achieved so far um, for the new thing. And I think that's that's part of me building a lot of experience and, and making my way through the organization to have taken these opportunities.
0: Excellent. So what was the thing that was kind of, you know, most stepping out of your comfort zone?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, Yeah, I think probably if you would have asked me 20 years ago whether I enjoy being on stage with a couple of thousand people in front of me, I would have said certainly no. (laughs) And I remember being on the stage first uh, in in a couple of probably 2,000 people was quite uh, stepping out of the comfort zone, actually. But uh, since then, I I like to enjoy it. So (laughs) you can see you can always also change your comfort zone and how far it stretches, actually.
0: That's great. Has everything gone like a straight line? Um has anything gone wrong at some point in time and, and, and how did it how does it feel to to kind of come back from that?
1: <laughs> it's a very good question. And I think the first part of it, of course, no, not everything went well. And uh, I remember particularly one um, stage uh, where I was a young partner and uh, got the chance to really take over a big client and it was a quite big step um, for me getting a completely new team, new client and I really tried to to do it well. And the client was very challenging so I had the big ambition to do everything really right. And. Um, I ended up with a complaint about my communication behaviors, which really, you know, hit me deep, yeah, because I, I envisaged myself to be really sensitive about the topic, but I managed to be not sensitive in a certain situation, and ultimately I left the client then upon his wish, and that was something that I really that took a lot, lot of time for me to digest. But I remember after a lot of conversations with my yeah responsible um, partner at the time after half a year he said well then you like get over it now yeah. <laughs> it's okay <laughs> it always happens sometimes it has happened to many of us yeah. yeah and it was very interesting and enlightening to me to see if you start talking about it um, many people have such um Stories to tell, and so I'm happy to tell it as well. <laughs> for the younger listeners, don't worry; you can get over it, and you can still make a very good career. Excellent. Um, and don't remain too long in this uh, stage of wondering how how it um, happened, but rather learn from it and and carry on.
0: <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you for for sharing this, and um, uh, so really a really personal story. So thank you so much for that. Um, so this podcast is about um, you know solving important problems and. Uh, Important problems can be big and small. And uh, I think it's always um, something that's also personal. What are the big problems that we feel and perceive um, to, to that need changing? And uh, so what is the the problem that you feel is important to change um, in this world at the moment?
1: <laughs> it's a good question yeah, because probably there are so many problems um, at the same time that we haven't seen for Many years, but um, I think one major challenge that we want to talk about today as well is the change of the economy to a more sustainable economy. And I think many of us have um, really experienced over the last months and years that this is not a theoretical discussion, but it's a very urgent one. And so besides the other problems, which are sometimes interlinked with it, I think that's a big challenge that I'm very you know, committed to solve, trying to help solving.
0: And what do you believe are the the building blocks of such a solution um, so so obviously, there's different mm-hmm. ways of you know approaching such a problem, um, but what do you feel kind of you know is the most important things to happen?
1: If I try to figure out some areas that are important, so one point is definitely the climate change and the resulting effects on on our lives but also on the economy of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have seen that um, also in, you know, areas that we haven't seen it so much before. Like If I remember the summer here in in Europe, in Germany, it was very dry. So it was really very tangible for many people that this is not something you can only read about in the news, but it's really happening and it's true. Mm -hmm. And I think interconnected with that um, is the loss of biodiversity. And also this is interesting because if you talk in business about it the first time, people feel like, well, that's quite a nice topic, uh, but is it really so important uh, yeah. um, how many bees we have around? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you dip a little bit deeper into it, you can realize very quickly how important it is for our lives yeah, and yeah. for the functioning of the ecosystems. And so that's the second very important topic. And I think another one that is very present is generally the inequality, which is a general topic that goes beyond yeah. um, the environmental one, but it is very much stimulated by the climate change that we see.
0: Yeah. No, I think these are, these are very important problems. Um, so when we think about, you know, attack, uh, not attacking, it's probably the wrong thing, you know, like in, <laughs> in present times, but, you know, to approaching these things, how can we, how can we fix that? What are mm-hmm. the most important, you know, parts to, to a potential solution? Mm-hmm. What, what do you feel about that?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, um, first of all, we need a wider definition of success. And it's very interesting, you know, being on a professional level, um, raised in a big professional company that does consulting and auditing, that helps a lot of clients around their reporting, which is very financially driven. Um, We need to think that broader and understand how important it is to measure success, not only with financial capital, but also to take into um, account the other aspects and that's natural capital but it's also the social aspects Mm. and it's a new way of thinking about it and it's also it's not one and another or additionally but it's a inter yeah how would you say it's a combined system that we need so having the ability to to have fair economics in the end that respect um a sustainable growing and uh Agree to the interconnection of these two dimensions, I yeah. would say.
0: I fully agree with that, you know, because if you... You're basically borrowing from the future if mm-hmm. you just look at financials. And if you don't take into account that, um, you know, the future generations also need a viable planet to live mm-hmm. on that. Um, so I agree. And that's what the European Union is also doing, you know, with the double materiality um, in terms of, you know, taking these things into account as well. What is the effect of a corporate not only on the financial aspects, mm-hmm. but also on the wider impact um, on the society?
1: Mm-hmm. And that's a good point. (laughs) The second one I'd like to mention is regulation. And regulation can be quite, quite annoying sometimes, particularly if it comes in such bulks that we are experiencing (laughs) at the moment. And if we put ourselves in the shoes of many clients who try to keep up with the regulation, but I think it's really important. So if you see um, the regulators have been pushing quite hard um, in the last years, so EU recently also with the Green Deal, and um, what they are trying to achieve is more transparency and um, inclusion of sustainability like just mentioned in in the way how we measure success in companies and to include that into reporting requirements and um, it shows that looking at the numbers um, it's nine times as much regulation that has been published in the recent years than before which shows the importance but also the complexity of the topic and I think one very important point is that we um, have a more harmonized regulation yeah. to make it easier for the companies to really um, move according to the regulation and not being overwhelmed uh, yeah. by different definitions.
0: Yeah that's right and also almost making it mandatory so that you, you get out of the discussion whether that's something that is necessary or not but you just mm-hmm. have to do it basically.
1: Yeah, That's true but that's something I recognize actually with my clients. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that stage has been reached definitely.
0: How do you feel about you know implementation of the regulation? Um there's a lot of um, problems around that mm-hmm. and, and and customers are facing mm-hmm. facing huge problems around this. Can you talk about that?
1: Mm-hmm. So it has different aspects, right? So there is much broader parts of it like uh, the governance, you need mm-hmm. to change your management system if yeah. you want to steer And uh, you need to change reporting, discuss about different responsibilities within a company. But if you also boil it down in this area, a lot comes back to data. Um, Do you have proper data in place um, to to assess your situation, to report on it? And um, so coming back and pointing back to the aspect of harmonized regulation, it's also about having a harmonized definition of KPIs and how to collect data. And at the moment, um, I think this market um, is, is mainly dominated by commercial entities that have a lot of focus on, of course, having their own definition and having a, a big share of the market to be profitable. Mm-hmm. But it creates barriers of entry, of course, for different companies and also the fact that you can create by intent this barriers with different definitions might be good from the perspective yeah, of the company who, yeah. who wants to earn with the data. But um, having a look at the different companies who need data to compare themselves, to put themselves into perspectives, so it makes things very hard. And at the moment, also given the fact that there are so many data points um, that need to be collected, that's really a practical problem. Yeah? Yeah. And uh, for instance, the Harvard Business School has done a research and uh, found out that there are um, for instance, twenty different ways to define employee health and safety, and that's only one KPI. Wow, that's right? remarkable. <laughs> and that's how do you figure out what you actually should take, yeah, yeah. and what your peer in the, in the same industry has taken, yeah? yeah, to feel like where where are you standing, yeah. That's really making it difficult, and that creates, I would say, um, kind of a reporting fatigue, even, yeah. Um, that companies are really o- overwhelmed uh, how to deal with it, yeah, and also um, at the moment oligopolies of data providers, yeah, uh, where you. Actually 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 are also quite quite a lot depending on on how you perform with their type of rating, which also differs between the different providers. And it's difficult for companies to handle and might be very expensive as well.
0: True, true. So looking at the other sides when I just uh, talked about, you know, what are the key ingredients um, that might be helpful to solve these problems? Um, let's look at the other side. So, so what could be impediments of getting that done? Um, and, uh, you know, it's obviously, you know, a complex system of, you know, pros and cons for all of that. Um, do you have any thoughts about that? What is, what is kind of, you know, putting this into danger that we can actually get a sustainable transformation of our economies done? You talked about the commercial entities uh, selling data and, and building um, artificial barriers of entry. So, so what could be a solution to that?
1: So I think that might sound interesting at the, at the first time you hear it, but we need a different perspective on, on how we treat data. And I feel like particularly in this area of sustainability, we rather need to think about data as a common good. So to push the transformation data is needed and it needs to be managed actually like a utility. So um, that's in, a lot in contrast. I yeah? <laughs> see from your reaction Yeah, <laughs> to a lot of saying about data is the new oil and that's basically the asset yeah, that needs to be treated. Yeah, And I don't completely agree with that. Yeah? Yeah. The competition in data should not be on the raw data level. Mm-hmm. I think that needs really to be accessible um, rather as mentioned, is a common good. Then there's, a lot of course, a lot of intelligence on data and you can have competition who has the best intelligence on it. But having the same starting position and having a solid and uniform weight fundament, basically, to build upon, I think that's really important.
0: Yeah. It's like basically, as you said, like a utility, like water, mm-hmm. like waste management and anything else. Everybody should have access to that um, and then build on top of it and be in competition with one another on making the best solution out of that. That's a that's a very interesting thought. Taking it to the other side. Um so what could be problems of getting that done? I mean, the world is is a whirlwind at the moment with many, many things happening. Um so what do you see the problems of of achieving such a almost like utopia that they were just saying?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good point. And probably um having had this conversation two years ago would have created a different answer mm. I guess but as we can see and, and read every day in the news um, the geopolitical environment is definitely one important point we have crisis not only one we have several at the moment yeah. uh, and that um, forces us sometimes um, also in politics and economics to have rather short term decisions mm. um, that come relevant to the day to day decisions um, we are now in autumn Yeah, summer has finished unfortunately so um there is there's the a conflict coming up for us all between having it a little bit colder and um funding uh, the war in Russia. Yeah, and where to get the best um yeah energy sources for us there uh, to come, come through the winter. Yeah. And yeah. um that And that's also recent news, apparently, uh, um, what, what kind of sources of power should be used. And um, we might come to decisions that are not in, in line with the sustainability path that we have initiated. And so that, that creates conflict, apparently, uh, but it is maybe understandable and unavoidable in the current situation. And um, that also shows us, and I think that's the moment actually to to leverage, that we need this long-term reconstruction, actually, of our economies and to be less dependent uh, on fossil fuels. And uh, while we might have to do a little pause at the moment, our uh, sidestep, we must not forget the track that we actually started to walk. And climate tech is a big chance in this area. And there's a lot um, going on in the US, who is certainly leading, yeah, but... Yeah. Um, I always tell in other occasions germany is a is a country of engineers yeah <laughs> and when we put this collective intelligence on this new topic um, we can create a lot of innovation in, in this area as well. And there are super innovative companies and startups that really um, give me some hope. Um, so <laughs> if you look at um, World Fund, for instance, which is the world's largest climate tech um, venture capital fund at the moment, it's based in Berlin. It was incubated by Ecosia. So there is good seed, I would say. Yeah, we have been one of the seed investors into this fund as well. And we hope to stimulate innovation in climate tech this way.
0: So, like getting a problem and also a solution to it—that's that's much more than I've asked for, almost. Like, that's, that's perfect. <laughs> it's so really cool. So thank you so much. And um, are there any other things that uh, that give you uh, cause for concern?
1: Of course, the the data economy and economic interest. Yeah, like just mentioned, I think we we need to have a different perspective on the availability mm-hmm. um, of data. And um, that is currently contradictory with, with a lot of hopes how to earn money with this highly relevant data. Yeah, yeah? And so yeah. we also need to find a good way, like mentioned before, and a good balance uh, between what, what should we share for the better of all mm. and what's actually um, good services and insights that yeah. still creates market opportunity for innovative players. But that, that's a barrier to overcome, I would say. Probably a funny third one, yeah, but fatalism and inertia. <laughs> I think many people feel overwhelmed with the challenges ahead and feel like um, my single contribution can't uh, change anything. And um, I think that that's, that's wrong mm. um, because it makes a difference. Yeah? Um, and the more people feel like organizing themselves, bringing some kind of contribution yeah. and being an active player, that helps a lot. So if we would remain silent or inactive, we will just continue to overstretch the resources. So it's the the change of everybody, basically. And um, I feel, and that's something that I really value um, during the last years, that BBC has been becoming more and more committed and is now highly committed to a contribution with the power that we have as an organization and yeah. with all our people so that's an impediment there yeah, but also a chance because i'm generally an optimist so <laughs> that,
0: that is what i like so much about you the the optimism that you that you have yeah. um which is kind of you know a nice segue now into into pwc mm-hmm. so so what is pwc's role in in solving that problem mm-hmm. um so so what are you guys doing
1: let me start um Maybe with our purpose actually, and that's mm-hmm. different pr- that we than how we would have defined it maybe thirty years ago. Yeah, okay. and it's it's basically phrasing building trust in society and solving important problems, and yeah. the sustainable transformation definitely qualifies them <laughs> um, for for this uh, purpose. And um, so we have underpinned our commitment to support a sustainable transformation um, with very high um, investment um, objectives in our network, uh, mm. which amount to 12 billion US dollars and uh, we also have published that we want to hire 100k professionals with a sustainability focus which is even more remarkable I would
0: say. You can't find them.
1: (laughs) We can't find them but uh, we we are lucky that we have a legacy in this topic so we also have a chance to really upscale the people around experts that we have. Sometimes we wish it would move faster but it's good to have that nucleus so and of course we also start thinking about ourselves right. Consulting is a highly Intensive Business. So we have made our net zero commitments and we are working very hard on our plans to go even beyond that. Yeah. And that's an important contribution that we have to do as well. That's great. And uh, last but not least, coming back to the data topic, as we deal a lot with trust and in information and reporting on um, the topic also on sustainability reporting is very close to our profession and to our hearts, given also the purpose that I just mentioned. And so we decided to build a data common with partners, um, which probably will pay into the objectives that I've mentioned earlier and will um, comprise an infrastructure which will be a place where data can be shared commonly and with sovereignty of the actual owners. It's called DataLand, which has kind of a futurism <laughs> um, meaning also as well, of course. And um, we plan to launch it beginning of next year. So beginning of 23.
0: Wow, sounds almost like La La Land.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if it works, we dance for sure. <laughs> Excellent.
0: Can you tell us more about this DataLand?
1: Yeah. Um, so first of all, and that was very early in the beginning when we discussed about it, it was important that this is not, not something that we will drive within PwC as a um, yeah, commercial um, company. It will be a charitable foundation. Um, and its purpose is basically to organize a fair and transparent data marketplace for all wow. sorts of data from the ESG context with the potential of course to to enlarge that and also maybe go beyond um, the classical reporting data yeah. um, for instance to include satellite data which also play a um, significant role in in the sustainable transformation mm-hmm. This foundation will set up um, the DataLand GmbH, which will be a single company, a commercial entity that will be owned by the foundation. Yeah, So mm-hmm. we will ultimately have no own stake in that, which was new for us, but important <laughs> as well. Yeah, And uh, we are currently putting together the team who will run DataLand then outside of PwC. And um, it's, its purpose is never to be sold as a company um, and it should never pay excessive dividends. So while it of course needs to pay the people, it's Primarily focus is really to organize the data transfer and um, if um, benefits um, beyond the necessary are achieved, uh, that will be used to um, push the prices down yeah. and the handling fees for, for the partners and clients that operate on it. Yeah. Oh. So, and that's very, very new for us but i think it it really feels good yeah in this area and it's the right way to do it because that will only work if we have a lot of traffic on it and we don't have want to have any barriers yeah, yeah. like okay i give you my data um, yeah. so that you earn money with that no that's yeah. not the purpose and oh, so wow. that's why we really consider a lot how we design it and uh, come to this decision
0: that's very cool i mean um very brave um very <laughs> yes. cool and uh <laughs> So, so, fingers crossed for that. Um, so, who are you working with uh, to build data lens? Mm-hmm. so, Obviously, probably you can't build it as PwC yourself mm-hmm. because then it would be a PwC thing. Yes. Um, so, 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 what's your strategy and, and how far have you come?
1: Yeah. So, first of all, I think very important for us was that we have a proper tech partner who helps us building the infrastructure, yeah. uh, which we found with Define, which is a technology consulting firm yeah. that helps us to build up all the techniques. And um, we are currently in the conversation with some other partners and very confident yeah, that we will get them aboard as a starting team. Yeah. Um, we will work together with Eurodat, uh, which is the first European data trustee that is currently being built, also by Define. Yeah. And it's funded by the German um, government and part of the Gaia-X initiative, which also connects us to the infrastructures that are um in place and intended to, yeah. to solve as a more common ground these um, challenges. Yeah. And uh, we also are happy with the systems that we get a significant contribution as they um, provide us with open telecom cloud services mm-hmm. um, that will be part of the solution. And we are currently talking um, with different partners um, on the level, not for the setting up, but then of running it yeah, and, and provide their information and handling their processes mm-hmm. through it. For instance, um, the WWF, the Griff, Atlas Atlasmetric, Greenomi, SODP, the ESG Clearinghouse, Value Balancing Alliance, very important partner that we work uh, for a long time with, Experience One, and the Ecosystem Value Association. Mm, that's great. And uh, that's that's not a closed shop, right? <laughs> so we are currently working yeah, to extend the range of partners because I think besides the fact to have a lot of data and traffic on on the solution, the other fact is to have um, proper processes and yeah. services and solutions on it. So... Um, We want to have a certain um, volume to have the tipping point to sell while it's now ready to go. But um, that will be a continued process to look for good partners.
0: That sounds wonderful. So who will benefit from that?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, hopefully um, (laughs) as many (laughs) companies as possible. Yeah. if you, if you look at the broader perspective, it is estimated that the EU Sustainable Finance Action Plan will have a compliance cost of 2.1 billion over the next five years, oh, which wow. is a huge amount. Yeah. And roughly two-thirds of it will be borne by the financial services industry and roughly one-third by corporations. Um, and as a reaction um, to that, six lobby groups in the Europe, starting from banks, insurances, but also asset managers, have sent a joint letter to the EU to demand a data infrastructure to firstly enable compliance and secondly to reduce cost. And as a result, the EU will create the European Single Access Point, (ESAP), which is expected to be live and operational in 2025. Unfortunately, at the moment, it looks like the European... Um, The scope will be rather European companies only. But as we know, loan portfolios, investments and also the portfolios of the asset managers um, and insurances go beyond and also supply chains go beyond the borders of the EU apparently. So there's a risk that there will be a gap between what is actually needed and stipulated and what the EU can provide and is likely to build from today's perspective. On the other side, um, DataLand will be operational in 2023 And we will not have any regional constraints because this global application is an important design principle. Data will be machine-readable. And so if we implement it successfully, we hope that uh, many market participants, both from the financial sector and the industrial sector, can benefit from it. And uh, we also plan not to build a closed system. That's very important to us. We want to have data land connectable to the different initiatives also to the european single access point to link to each other and not force companies into the situation that they have to decide um, which way they go but rather to to be here very integrated and so my vision would be that we have at at the end a network of collaborating systems that help together as a data ecosystem to provide the necessary information
0: so that's great so all of the the other data commons that are popping up at the moment, um, which you also mentioned mm-hmm. earlier on, you believe that they can talk to each other and you know because they share the same vision, it's almost like this network of data commons around yeah. which are then kind of supporting each other mm-hmm. As opposed to as it is now with commercial mm-hmm. entities, like fighting each other. Is, is that what yeah. you're saying?
1: Yeah, and that's a new thinking as well, right? <laughs> it is, yeah. It is. <laughs> but a good one, I think. Yeah, And yeah. Uh, given the challenge ahead, uh, it's so much more important than in the past to really collaborate on these things.
0: Yeah, wonderful.
1: Yeah, to create a community of solvers, actually, yeah, that tries to yeah. tackle this challenge.
0: It's amazing. It's kind of really on point with your strategy at PwC, so <laughs> yeah. I, I see that.
1: Very well linkable, and that's good this way. Maybe just to mention one, yeah. one last point because you asked who will benefit from it. Uh, apparently, hopefully the companies um, and, and the banks and, and so on. But also coming back to to the point um, of innovation. Um, if data is available and accessible with a low barrier, yeah. that will also help um, more innovative companies, startups, smaller companies to um, apply their intelligence yeah, yeah. and bring up good solutions mm-hmm. um, which they currently can't do so well, yeah, because the data is not accessible to them. So I hope that also stimulates the innovation around the topic, which is needed, um, and also, yeah, gives greater, broader companies' scope the ability to do that.
0: Oh, that's great! So you're saying not only the data will get, you know, less and less expensive the more people use it, but also the services on top of it, since there will be more competition. Um, we're getting out of this um, kind of stranglehold of the, system. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: that's that's cool. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> that would be the intention. <laughs> and from an economic theoretical point, it should work, right? It should work. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, and with the the strength and the the size of PwC, mm-hmm. I'm sure there will be there will be a push of the firm into <laughs> into this. So coming to an end, probably, you know, like, um, what are you looking for from from the listeners who, who mm-hmm. listen to this? This mm-hmm. will be obviously be listened within PwC, mm-hmm. but also at the outside world. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's your, what's your wish for the people that are listening <laughs> to this?
1: Yeah, um, I think to, to false it comes a little bit back to my introduction as well, right? Uh, um, get out of your comfort zone. Try to be early adapters. We need it. Everybody who takes a step can change something. You don't have to wait for the big crowd. And, of course, innovators. Yeah, I think yeah. Um, building up data land like this gives, uh, gives a lot of opportunity to build innovations on it, yeah? mm-hmm. both within our company, within the network of PwC, but also from outside um and and that's something um that I really would 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 like to see that we get good ideas and uh collaboration um chances together with dataland and many good peers also young companies who have good ideas to bring us forward for a more sustainable future
0: very cool, thank you so much so Um, Fingers crossed. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm sure this will be a success. And and thank you so much for sharing this.
1: (laughs) Me as well. Thanks for listening and I hope it was enjoyable.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well was certainly for me. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is the end of today's episode, but stay tuned. Many more interesting topics are yet to come. And don't forget to hit the follow button to never miss a new and exciting episode of our podcast, Important Problems.